Broadcasting from the point where sports meets faith, it's Benson and those guys. Now here's your host, Benson and those guys on ESPN Rochester. Welcome to Benson and those guys, presented by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us at the 10 o'clock hour, a new time for our program. We want to welcome in any new listeners who may be joining us for the very first time. The team is all here. Dan Borello of the famous radio press box. And, of course, those guys are here. Darren and Zach are ready to make radio magic for your listening pleasure. You can follow us on Twitter, at BTG Program. You can find us on the web, www.btgprogram.com. Darren, you brought up a man a few weeks ago who got a tattoo of the Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl champions 2015. He's a genius. Yeah, that was the same week you, by the way, predicted a Bills-Cowboys redo in this year's Super Bowl. I am also a genius. Last week, I shared of a man who not only changed his legal name to Mr. Manchester United, but who also had the club's logo tattooed right square in the middle of his forehead. (laughs) Well, now let me tell you about Bill Vandenbush. Vandenbush lost his right eye and his vocal cords in an explosion in Vietnam. But as a 10th anniversary gift from his wife, Vandenbush now has a brand new prosthetic eye complete with the Seattle Seahawks logo for a pupil. Vandenbush says he has another prosthetic that looks like a normal eye, so this one is for special occasions. <laughs> if you have awesome. seen if you have seen the photo on Twitter, it is eerily disturbing. Now, this guy obviously has a good sense of humor. He says, I believe that even though I've been uh, totally disabled, I try to have a good time with it, with the voice, and I, I try to make the best of it. And if you got a Seattle Seahawks logo eyeball, you are making the best of it, I suppose. I think it's pretty cool. Have you seen the picture? <laughs> no, I haven't. It, it is somewhat it troubling. <laughs> some, yeah, you should. And Zach, you should retweet it at some point because it is uh, somewhat, somewhat disturbing. Hey, we've come to the stretch drive of the baseball season, and for the very first time all year, it is we are knocking on September, and for the first time all year, Clayton Kershaw has loaded the baseball. Has loaded the baseball, yeah, right. Loaded the bases. And as per, as per the usual, nobody scored. He got out of the jam. Uh, this guy is just doing incredible things. He allowed uh, only one on run in eight innings en route to his major league leading 16th victory of the season this past Wednesday. This despite having spent five weeks on the disabled list. He struck out seven. He's now 13 and one in his uh, last 16 starts. And I'm just, uh, I'm happy for Clayton Kershaw. Uh, we talked about him and his faith a few weeks ago on the program. We talked to you, uh, Kershaw's Challenge. We referenced that website and the work he does on the mission field. So he's one of our favorites, and I'm glad to see him having such a great year. Zach, were you going to chime in on that? I was going to say Kershaw has to be the NL MVP, right? We know he's going to be the Cy Young, but he has to be the MVP too. Guy has a 1.73 R. 1.73 ERA, just the fourth different pitcher to post an ERA under two heading into September. Having an incredible year, I would think so. I think he would be your MVP. How do you feel about that, though? You give the MVP to a pitcher, he only plays once every few days. If you're as good as Kershaw, 
then then that's fine with me. But you got to be really, really good. To me, I, to me, if you're going to give it to a World Series MVP, a pitcher, if you're going to do it to an ALCS or an LCS pitcher, give them an MVP. You got to give them the Cy Young and the MVP if if they're worth it. Absolutely. They got to get both though. You they can't. Can, they can get. Oh, you can get both. Give them well, both. That's what I'm saying. If you got, yeah. if you got the MVP. You're automatic. You got to get yeah. the side. I, I think that. I think because you know you get to the postseason when it matters most, and you're going to give pitchers get the MVPs very often. So why wouldn't you get in the regular season? The guy has dominated everything. He's carried that team. Now, it, the only time, okay, Kershaw, I honestly believe should get the MVP this year as well as the Cy Young, like Dan was saying. But if there's a guy in the NL this year that that, that got the triple crown or something like that, that would. That would be an instance where I would say no, he shouldn't get the MVP as well. Uh, I, you know, that that that's something that doesn't happen very often. But I like how good Kershaw has been this year. I think at forty six or forty seven, I believe when Ted Williams got the triple crown, I believe Joe DiMaggio got the MVP. I could be wrong. So I mean, there is precedence for it. Should be that's a travesty. That shouldn't happen. The triple crown is that's amazing. It doesn't happen ever. It like it's insane. The number is down. To just the numeral two for now. Only the numeral two remains. The one Once Jet Derek Jeter retires, that won't be there anymore either. The Yankees have retired Joe Torrey's number six, though I suppose technically the number zero is still available, though I don't believe it's ever been worn by anyone with the Yankees. You guys remember anybody ever wearing zero? Not to my knowledge, no. You think the Yankees have too many numbers retired? Yes, way too many. Like, what do you think about, like, let's just talk to single digits. Number one, Man. Billy, Billy, Billy Martin. Martin. No. Number nine, Roger Maris. No. Mm-mm. No. I, I agree. Those two numbers should not, in my opinion, um, be retired. But I, do you have a problem with number six being retired? It, yes. I might get hated on for saying that. And what, what Joe Torre did as the manager was awesome. But I, I don't know if, if four seasons constitutes getting your number retired. I I'm not I don't know if I I love Joe Torre but I, I it's not about the seasons or anything else he he won four World Series and he had to do it in multiple rounds of the playoffs to get a team to do it in the hardest city in the world to do it in and of course working for the toughest owner in baseball yeah he had the resources but he had to do it four different times and he won six pennants as well but the thing about baseball is that. You know, the managers all of a sudden wear uniforms and then get numbers. Uh, I think a plaque would be perfect in Monument Park. But, I mean, you know, you, you, <laughs> give, save the numbers for the players. I mean, the Yankees retired Ron Guidry's number, for crying out loud. He was good, but, I mean, he, he wasn't a Hall of Famer. I think he was a great Yankee, but, I mean, I, there's way too they many numbers retired. They also retired Tino Martinez this year, and I, I sort of had a problem with, with that one. Why are, no, why they didn't, they, I don't think they retired Tino's number. What do you give him? They gave him a plaque. They gave That's him a plaque, they did. but they didn't, they, they didn't retire his number. Uh, yeah, right, you're right. Yeah. The Yankees but are running. Out of, plaque. The Yankees are running out of normal numbers as it is. Like, let's not retire more unnecessarily. I kind of don't have a problem with Joe Torre's number six being retired. I mean, he was won multiple championships in an era where that's very difficult to do. More than a strategist, though, he seemed to you know, and he did push the buttons at the right time. It just seemed when he would make a move, he'd send up a pinch runner, he'd make a change. Uh, it always seemed to work out. But he was a great manager of personalities and he always seemed to get the most out of players who maybe were no longer great and many of which had some difficult personalities you can think of guys like Ruben Sierra Gary Sheffield uh, Randy Johnson Dwight Gooden Darryl Strawberry Chili Davis uh, David Wells these guys all had their uh, baggage but and Tori certainly didn't treat everyone the same but he treated them all equally if you know what I mean right Uh, 
And probably the toughest assignment, Dan, you alluded to it, he had to manage Steinbrenner. And he, he did it better than anybody. And I remember in his book when he said, all right, well, if it's your idea, boss, we'll do it. But when they ask me, I'm going to tell them it was your idea. And Steinbrenner was afraid that he'd be exposed as not being as smart a baseball man as everybody wanted him to be. So he kind of let Joe Torre do his thing. And Joe Torre got what he wanted, which was let me control the guys on the field. On a side note, if anyone's not read that book and you're a Yankees fan, it's it's a good read. And this is coming from someone that doesn't read very often. The Yankee Years with Tom Verducci. Yes. I didn't even know Darren could read. <laughs> hey, is this a big deal? Is this a big deal? Rochester native Josh Lewin was at the center of a controversy in which San Diego Chargers announcer Hank Bauer finds himself suspended for the team's final game, uh, final preseason game because of anti-Semitic jokes. Is that a big deal? Uh, you know what? Here's, here's I don't the- think that Hank Bauer would have made the joke. They were talking about how Copper got started, and I'm not going to go into the joke because, you know, we're a Christian program, but I, I don't think he would have made the joke had he not known Lewin, had he not known Lewin was Jewish, because Lewin kind of like put the ball in the air for him to make the joke. And I'm not excusing the joke, but I don't think he would have done that if he weren't comfortable in the room with Lewin, who is Jewish. Now, you don't go on, on, on airwaves and make comments like that. Bauer should know better. But I, 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 think, I don't think he meant any harm by it. I would agree. I, I, you know, and I don't even think the joke is is well. I shouldn't say that. You know, it was insensitive, especially if you're aware of uh, your broadcasting partner. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, he just, I think he just blew yeah. it. For it was guys minute, being you know? guys, and he and he he. But you can't be guys necessarily being guys on the airwaves. Yeah, I don't think it's a big deal. <laughs> this is something that, unfortunately, I do more than I would like in my attempt to be funny. You know, you say something, and the minute it comes out, you just go, oh, man, I wish I hadn't said that. I immediately regret that. Yeah, it's just stupid. And I'm sure Bauer was in the same situation. The minute he got it out, he's just like, boy, I sure wish I hadn't said that. And, of course, when you got a microphone in front of you and it's live, that just magnifies things. Hey, possible changes ahead for professional hockey. Possibly adding four new teams. Talks of uh, a team going to Las Vegas a second team in Toronto, Seattle, and Quebec City. Zach, you are our resident NHL uh, enthusiast. You are very passionate about it. Do you like the – what is that going to make, 36 teams if that if that happens? Uh, it would be 34, and um, I, sure? I, I, like, yeah. <laughs> I like two of them. I like the Seattle. Seattle is a market that needs – well, obviously a basketball team, but a hockey team as well, and I think it's a perfect location. And I like Quebec City because Quebec used to have the Nordiques. But a second team in Toronto makes no sense because they already have one terrible hockey team. You don't want to put an expansion team there and have two terrible hockey teams. And uh, the Vegas one, I think we've had this discussion before about basketball. That we had it in basketball. It's coming. Yeah, nobody, It's going to happen. Nobody lives in Vegas. People go there you know, and spend a weekend or a week or whatever, but I don't think you can build a big hometown fan base there when no one actually lives in the city limits. You know, I, I, I don't see that one, but... It, but somebody lives there. Yeah. But there it, are plenty of people living there, and I, and I think the, the NBA will settle there, and I think in both the cases you mentioned, Seattle and Las Vegas... An NHL team moving in there, especially Seattle. Well, the NHL moves in, they build an arena, maybe that draws an NBA team as well. I think it's a bad move. I don't think, 
uh, you are watering down the talent. There's not enough talent to get in the fourth and fifth line now, and now you're going you're gonna to water it down with four more teams. I think it's a terrible idea. I think rather than expand, you have plenty of teams you can move, including my uh, my fit, the New York Islanders. I'm an Islanders fan, but you can move that team. I think that uh, I think you're absolutely right, and I also think that this is kind of reeks of the bar owner who is running out of money. So, hey, I need new investors. Who wants to buy in on a bar? So all his <laughs> exactly. buddies going, yeah, I want in. So uh, it's going to cost 1.4 billion dollars between the four teams to join in. Hey, man, more money, more money. We got it coming in, and then after three or four years, uh, we're back where we started again because the NHL just ain't cutting it. I think that's one of the motivations for the NHL to do this is the money because each city, just to have the right to be an NHL city, you have to give the league $350 million. So the league gets roughly a billion dollars out of this deal. So it's great 1. for 4. They're going to get $1.4 billion yeah. out of franchise fees, but then eventually they're, they're going to be like, okay, what do we do now in five years when the and, league is just drowning well, in zone ice? And you have bad and teams. You got teams folding. Teams, right. Bad teams in bad markets that need somewhere to go, and now you're putting teams in those cities anyways. You put a team in Atlanta that moved to Winnipeg. Team had left Winnipeg to go to Phoenix. I mean, come on. Really, Gary Bettman? Is this really something that's a good idea for hockey? No. I would agree. Bad change. I say if you want to do that, move some teams around. You don't need two teams. Uh, you don't need four more new teams. Here's uh, also possible changes ahead for the game of soccer, at least at the, very, at the youth level. A lawsuit has been brought asking courts to ban heading for players under the age of 14. What do you like? You guys like that? I have no medical background whatsoever, so I don't know if that is grounded in in any of that. But just on the surface, that is so dumb. Stop! Stop overprotecting. Like I think when I played t-ball, we used a, like a real hard ball. I'm still alive. You know, I don't I don't get this at all. I find it comical. We're talking Why? about brain damage situations, and you're not really a good example for this. <laughs> um, they're, they are citing long-term brain damage from concussions. Uh, they have named FIFA in the lawsuit as the governor, governing body of soccer, and they are saying that FIFA and U.S. soccer had the power to direct and influence how the rest of the defendants treat concussion management issues. Now, they're not seeking monetary damages, but they are seeking to change the game's rules and to establish a medical monitoring program paid for by those soccer bodies that if somebody had a concussion situation, had a brain damage, they would not have to pay for the medical monitoring FIFA would or U.S. soccer. Now, here's some of the uh, co-defendants with FIFA, U.S. Youth Soccer Association, very familiar. If you're playing in youth soccer around here, you know they're involved. American Youth Soccer Organizations, that's another one that's quite large. Um, you know, Again, I don't know, Darren. I don't have the, the medical background either. There's got to be something to substantiate this thing, but I don't know how long it's been going on. Can't you just take more air out of the ball? Well, what's next? You're going to take away cleats because it might hurt somebody? Like this they is- took away metal. Well, I, I can agree with that at a young age, but 
Like, really? This is just overprotecting gone terribly, terribly wrong, in my opinion. The concussions are bad, but you're changing the game here. And I don't want to sound insensitive in talking about this. I think there's ways to do it. If you want to eliminate headers for kids at a certain age, I think that might be a good idea. If you want to teach other techniques and trying to get a goal in. But at the end of the day, Abby Wambach is who she is because of the header. And that's how you're taught at a young age to play soccer. You can't use your hands. So maybe you want to incorporate using some type of padding on your head to do those things or whatever and that's not even a guarantee because it's the impact of the brain hitting the back of the skull the inside of the skull it's not necessarily like the ball hitting your head so i don't know where they can go with this but i mean this is more dangerous potentially than football because in football at least they can tell you or teach you how to make a tackle the correct way and they have they're doing that if the teaching is if you're teaching the correct way to do it here's the way you properly head a ball you can head off a lot, head off yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of those situations. I, I I never liked the idea of heading the ball. It was never fun for me, and I ended up being a goalie and just punting it as high as I could because I like to see what crazy person would get under it with their head. But that is, like Dad, Dan said, part of the game. You can't just change the rules of the game. Or what do you have to do, let it bounce now before you can get the ball? This is just... This is dumb to me. Well, again, I'm, I'm this is for the youngest. This is for under 14. Well, then what happens when they get older and they've now been taught one way to play the game and now they have to completely relearn how to play that part of the game when they're older? Well, you have to adjust. I mean, in peewee football, they're not running the run and shoot or the West Coast That's offense. True. They're rushing, They're running the football for the most part. And then when you get to be older, all right, your arms are developed and you could start to learn how to throw the ball and catch the ball. I think that there's there's methods to do this, but I think, you know, it, it, we talked to a, uh, on the show this week in the press box, we talked to a doctor from the University of Rochester talked about mm-hmm. how serious it is and only 25% of all athletic concussions are from football. It's mostly from cheerleading and stuff. Stuff like that, and so soccer with this soccer suit. I mean, you got this is supposed to be the safer of the two fall sports, the big fall sports, football and soccer. So they're trying to they're trying to do a, a they're trying to create a way to force the governing body of soccer to teach a different way of playing the game, so that these kids can finally like get through their uh, early years and their pubescent years without like brain damage. They've named in the lawsuit, uh, they did bring up Brandy Chastain. You remember her from the U.S. national team. She does not allow players uh, to head the ball before high school in her camps or any of the players she coaches. I don't know if I like it. I don't have enough information, but I can tell you this. I definitely don't dislike it, and I think it'll be real interesting to see where it Mm -hmm. goes over the months and, and years ahead. Hey, coming up later in the program, we'll be back with more stuff after the break. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys, presented by Town & Country Pest Solutions on ESPN Rochester. The American dream is of a better future, a confident retirement. Those dreams have taken a beating lately. As an Ameriprise financial advisor, Nathan R. Wegman is dedicated to helping you keep your dreams alive by listening, planning, working with you one-on-one so you can retire your way with confidence. Call Nathan R. Wegman, financial advisor today at 585-272-0080. Office is located at 2024 West Henrietta Road, Building 3E, Rochester, New York, 14623. Ameriprise Financial Services, Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Ameriprise Financial cannot guarantee future financial results. 
title sponsor of Benson and those guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Serving Rochester for over 25 years, Town & Country Pest Solutions team of knowledgeable professionals can make your pest problem a thing of the past. Alligators, ants, bedbugs, snakes, yellow jackets. Town & Country Pest Solutions does it all. Take back your home and put your mind at ease. Call Town & Country today at 426-5024. That's 426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Does your neck hurt? Athletes, are your muscles feeling sore? Come to Mind and Body Massage Therapy with Danielle DeFrance, licensed massage therapist. Mind and Body treats each massage differently to suit differing needs. Our specialties include sports massage, ortho, and relaxation massage. To schedule an appointment, call Danielle at 585-944-9257. That's 944-9257. Mind and Body Massage Therapy. Located on Chai Lai Avenue, in front of the Target in the Wegmans Plaza, just below the dentist's office. Like them on Facebook, Mind and Body Massage Therapy. You're invited to join Benson this November in the Dominican Republic as part of SCORE International's annual baseball outreach. Your life will be impacted as you help with daily baseball clinics and share the love of Jesus Christ, as well as delivering humanitarian assistance to the needful people of the Dominican Republic. This five-day mission trip includes morning and evening worship services, testimonies from professional ball players, and your choice of daily afternoon ministry opportunities in addition to the morning clinics. The trip departs from Rochester on Sunday, November 9th and returns Thursday, November 13th. Cost is $595 plus airfare, so you can expect the total cost to be around $1,200. The price includes meals, lodging, ground transportation, and airport transfers. Past trips have featured participation from such men as New York Yankee greats Mariana Rivera and Andy Pettit, former NL Rookie of the Year Chris Coughlin, Lou Pinella, Ian Kennedy, Gary Carter, Brett Butler, and many others. Former Atlanta Braves outfielder Otis Nixon is planning to be part of this year's trip. If you're a baseball fan who has wanted to experience the impact of a short-term missions trip, you won't want to miss this one. Contact Benson through our website, www www.btgprogram.com for more information. Looking for custom-made apparel for your team, your family, or your business? Look no further than Match Play Custom Apparel. Great design, great selection, great prices. You can order online, call, email, or stop in. It's at 439 Central Avenue in Rochester. Match Play Custom Apparel. You can visit them online at matchplaycustomapparel.com. Matchplaycustomapparel.com. Any design, any team, any logo, they'll do it. Match Play CustomApparel.com Welcome back to Benson and Those Guys here on ESPN Rochester. Welcome back to the program. Benson and Those Guys presented by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Guys, I'm interested to hear what you think about the suspension handed down to Brandon Merriweather for his hit on Torrey Smith in a preseason football game. Uh, suspended. This has happened multiple times now for Merriweather. He's, uh, and, and now let me tell you what I think. I don't think the hit was all that hard. I don't think he was intending to injure Torrey Smith. But I think he's got a bad habit and... Uh, Boy, I'll tell you, you go shoulder first. You go, you your helmet is right in that area, and it looks bad. And if you're a repeat offender, you're going to get flagged. You're going to get nailed. Uh, you guys think the suspension is fair? I do. I was just actually looking at an article just a minute ago about it, and it's his second suspension for helmet to helmet. 
but the sixth time that he's been uh, penalized by the league for this kind of an offense. And it's, I think he's the league's new James Harrison, where he's the guy that just does it all the time and has a reputation for it. You can't keep doing it. If it, you have to either adjust to the way the league is now or get out of the league. Yeah, I would agree. This is the new NFL. Nobody's interested in seeing these defensive backs or defensive players slam people. We want to see 500 yards. <laughs> these owners have a lot of money in the players. They're not interested in Brandon Merriweather as how hard he can hit. And he needs to adapt to this new NFL if he's going to have success. Zach, you you mentioned it. He, he has been fined multiple times. He's been suspended for this very thing. And here's the problem that I see. The guys in the NFL are not tackling. Obviously, not all of them. They're not ta- they want to lead with the shoulder. They want to hit somebody. They want to knock them down. They want to get them off their feet. I, the the old school tackle just isn't there anymore. Uh, and I think guys like Brendan Merriweather, these guys need to change your habit. If you've been fined five or six times, you have to change the way you're doing it because obviously it's not succeeding. You have to go back to the drawing board and say, all right, how do I adapt to within the rules? How do I make this work? I completely agree with you. Everyone else in the room, most everyone else in the league has changed the way that they play, changed the way that they hit, they aim lower. They're doing things to comply with the rules and then you have Merriweather here who just continually hits the wrong way. You have to suspend him at this point, and you might want to think about upping the suspension. You've got to get through to him somehow because fines aren't working, other penalties aren't working. Maybe maybe hit him with a real hefty suspension. Maybe he'll finally get it through his head that, hey, I am not above the rules. I have to change what I'm doing or I'm going to be out of the league. Well, part of the problem is when teammates and even other players are coming out in support of him. May NFL's the bad guy here. They're the big bad bully. Uh, you're right. Here's what uh, Redskins long snapper Nick Sunberg claimed with this with his tweet. Sketchy. Seems a bit excessive. I mean, it's not like he knocked out his wife in a casino elevator on video. Oh. If you're tweeting that, come on, man. That's not the issue. This guy is hurting people. In fact, he's hurting your team because you are getting flagged. You are getting taken. You are losing yardage. You're going in the wrong direction. You can't keep doing the same thing expecting different results. Did you hear what Ryan Clark said, his teammate? Did you hear what he said? I got it right here. But we're talking about a preseason game, uh, which has gotten a starter for the for our team suspended for the first two games of the season. Um, you know, it almost makes you say, "Why play preseason games? Uh, we don't get paid a lot to play them." Uh, and so, I think it's going to be it's going to be some situations where guys are going to have to start looking into a way to protect themselves and to pr- protect their, their team. Um, I think it's a, a total uh, it's, a, it's a very fast decision. I think it's a harsh decision. I think it's rash, and I also think it's. Correct. But we're talking. He's going after uh, Troy Vincent, the head of the uh, one of the NFL's executives who played football, who played who in the played secondary. It. He played the same position Brandon Merriweather did, and he learned how to track, tackle correctly. And you know Merriweather hasn't learned his lesson. And you know I like Ryan Clark a lot, but you know man, you got to learn when to shut your mouth at this point because that that's a that's an irrational statement to say he rushed to judgment on yeah. this. The guy's been nailed six well, times now. Here's more of what Clark said. He said, you get a guy who played ball, even though I think Troy Vincent played it softly, he didn't play it as aggressive and violent as Brandon. Maybe that's part of it. Not having that mindset, it's just sad. 
I don't think that's part of it. I think that's all of it. Ryan Clark, he plays aggressively and violently, and the league doesn't want that anymore. And if you do that, you're going to hurt your team. And I think another thing that's hurting Merriweather is that last October, he was suspended for a game for a hit, and he made a comment that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. He said, to be honest, you've just got to go low now. You've got to end people's careers. You've got to tear people's ACLs, mess up people's knees. You can't hit them high anymore. You've just got to go low. And I think people, especially in the league office, remember that. And they say, here's a guy who looks to injure. And this is his sixth violation. And I, I think the punishment reflects that. You cannot continue. I'm sorry, Dan. You are going to add to that? No, I just want to know how many of his teammates would be sticking up for him if they were on the other side of it. You know what I'm saying? Like if they're there, they're his opponents instead of his teammates, and they're the ones getting hit by him. How many of them are going to be sticking up for? No, him I think then? it's an offensive defensive thing. I, I, I really, I, I really think it's an offensive defensive thing because you got guys like Peyton Manning going after uh, DJ Swearinger for that hitting Wes Welker, awesome. and that was a legal hit. That was a completely legal hit. But he was jawing all week in their joint practices, so that's when he went after him. But it's like, come on, man! It, you, you know what you need to do? You need to sit down with your wide receiver and go, "Hey, man, maybe it's time to retire." Yeah, but Peyton Manning getting a. Uh, Getting a fine for, for talking junk was pretty awesome because you don't see that out of Manning ever. No, no, you you don't see that. But you know, by the same token, you got guys like even you mentioned Tory Smith who took the hit says he doesn't think he should be suspended. But I don't make and I don't enforce the rules. Here, here's a situation that we all deal with in life. You know, here you know what the rules are, man. You know what the game you're playing is. You know how the NFL has changed, and you know it's not about hard hitting it's not about the defensive backs it is about the quarterback it is about throwing the ball down the field and putting up points if you know that and you've been flagged and you've been penalized and you've been fined i think that the amount was two hundred thousand dollars that it has cost him in fines and even more in lost wages when he's been suspended over the last four years uh two hundred thousand dollars is a lot of jack to lose now, you have to change your ways. You have to find, hey, this ain't working for me. And it's the same thing we deal with in life. When we're struggling with something, let's say the same old sin keeps repeating in our lives. Let's just say the same failures happen to us. We have to take a step back and say, what am I doing wrong? I have a problem with alcoholism, yet why do I keep slipping back? Because you keep showing up in places where alcohol is prevalent. Maybe whatever the situation is, you have to change your approach if you're going to have success. And we have to do that in our lives. As believers, we have to do that all the time in evaluating, where am I slipping up? Why do I have this sin that continues to haunt me? We have to change our ways. And I think that's what Brandon Merriweather has to do here. I support the suspension. I think it's right and I think he needs to really take a step back and think about where he is. My father always told me, he goes, there's, there's guys you hang out with in school that are continuously in trouble. But even when they're right, there would be instances where they would be right and the school would rule against them and say, you're wrong. Why? Because your reputation precedes you. Your reputation. And that's something that you have to protect as a believer, what it is you're doing. If you want somebody to take you seriously, you have to have some good repute you know you have to have a good reputation josh gordon suspended for the season here's a problem that i'm seeing there the guy came out and questioned 
the NFL says, you know, I, I the way they handled it. Uh, what, what was his exact quote? Do you have it there? What he said earlier? I, I don't have it. He he basically said that he didn't like the NFL's process in doing this, and he you know he was disappointed in it. And the point is, is that you know you you've tested positive how many times now, and you've had second chances, and oh, you have a DUI on your record. You've been accused of DUI too. Here it is. I, I'm I'm very disappointed that the NFL. I'm sorry to cut you no, off. No, sorry. Go ahead. And it's and it's hearing office didn't exercise better discretion discretion and judgment in my case you know zach had a great tweet earlier this week that kind of fired him up that quote he was like you're you're questioning the nfl's discretion it's your issue you're the one smoking the grass you're the one that's continuing to have this problem and you're looking at it and and you're not taking account of uh, you're not taking accountability for your actions. Mm-hmm. You got to if if that's the first step to getting things on the right path to say, man, I got an issue here, and I know he's in treatment programs, but it, it is uh, part of the suspension. It is the NFL saying you have to go through this. But man, you have to these suspensions at the NFL, and they came out this week and and came out with new domestic violence rules. Uh, I think it's a second offense is a lifetime ban. Mm-hmm. At some point, you have to take a step back and say, man, I got to change my way. In this Josh Gordon situation, uh, he's saying he never thought he's going to get caught. I don't know why in the world you think you're <laughs> you're not going to get caught. You know when they're doing testing. Uh, but as it says in Numbers 3223, man, your sin will find, be sure, your sin will find you out. Man, if you are into something that you should not be, that your player association said uh, – this is the rules, we agree to them, then why are you breaking them? I heard one caller on one radio show earlier this week say, well, you know, we have so many states now that have regulated it and said it's it's legal, but your employer still says it's wrong. It doesn't matter what the state law says. If your employer says, I don't want this, then you can't do that. I actually want to see, I, I like the NFL's new domestic abuse policy. It not a surprise that they came out with this because they really messed it up with Ray Rice. But I would like to see harsher punishments for everything because I'm getting really tired of seeing professional athletes act like the rules don't apply to them. It is it is a privilege to be able to play a game for a living. Okay, And, and if you want to act like a fool and keep getting yourself in trouble, well then there's someone else out there who's just as athletic as you are that maybe is a better human being and can act right and stay out of trouble who would love your spot in the league. So I, I just, I want harsher punishments for everything. I sound like a wrinkly old dude saying this, but it's just getting to a point where I'm tired of athletes pretending or, or living like the rules don't apply to them. Well, you saw the NFL. I think they're backpedaling a little bit. Obviously, I've said this before about the Ray Rice situation and here with Josh Gordon and Brandon Mather, what Brendan Merriweather, they're both getting compared to Ray Rice. The problem is not that Ray Rice's suspension. You, these guys are comparing it. That is the issue. They compare it to that. All right, he was underpenalized. That does not mean that you guys are inappropriately penalized. Um, your friend Shane, Zach, uh, offered this quote. He, he thought back to David in Psalm 51 and how repentant David was after his sin of Bathsheba. He poured his heart out to God. Man, I have sinned against you and you alone, God. And the true repentance, which sounds an awful lot different than what you're hearing from 
Josh Gordon when he says, I, I question the league and, and it, the way it handled the situation and my case. It's a classic example of someone who's gotten away with things their entire life. And now when they're finally being held accountable, he's throwing a fit. And it's getting old, and I'm happy he's gone for a year. Zach, you wanted to add to that? I was just going to say something that Darren kind of already said, that it, it's a privilege to be in the NFL. You know, there are, there are only 32 teams and uh, only so many spots, and to be able to play there is is the realization of a dream. And correct me if I'm wrong, but he was almost, he was undrafted, right? He was in a supplemental draft. He almost didn't make the NFL himself. And in only just a couple of years to kind of to take it for granted to the point where you're committed to a team and they're paying you millions of dollars to do what you do, and you would jeopardize that by doing something so trivial, it, it's just mind-blowingly stupid to me. Darren? Well, he, he acted like this in college, too, didn't he? He was at multiple different universities. There was major red flags before he even got drafted. So... You know, I heard someone say they feel bad for the Browns that they drafted this guy. They knew exactly oh, the Browns who they were getting. They're a mess. Yeah. They're an absolute they're a, mess. And that's horrible. the other thing. There's a reason why they're the Browns. They're an absolute yeah. mess. That's the other thing. From the owner Your on sin down. affects those around you. Josh Gordon's issue is affecting his whole team, and they got to replace him. And how do you replace that kind of productivity? Oh, he's good. You can't deny that. He's very can't good. can't deny that. Yeah, but you can't divorce that from the fact that he's also on the bench right now for a year. Yeah. He's great, Yeah, except he's not playing. Hey, I'm glad you're with us, Benson and those guys. Glad you're with us at the 10 o'clock hour. It is an honor to be here. Uh, You're listening to Benson and those guys, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions on ESPN Rochester. Hi, it's Benson. I hope you enjoy the program. We've set out to bring you a different kind of sports talk show. We want to be entertaining, but we also have a message to share, and that's the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that God is glorified through the show's mixing of sports, humor, and faith. And our goal is that the program appeals to everyone, not just faith-based audiences. After all, it's not a faith program with sports, it's a sports program with faith. But the costs are considerable, I'm afraid. Advertisers are certainly a helpful blessing, but we're primarily a listener-supported program. And in order to continue what we're doing, we need your help. Perhaps you could consider giving a financial gift. You can go to our website, btgprogram.com and make a one-time donation or even become a recurring supporter. And to show our appreciation, with every gift of $25 or more, we'll send you a t-shirt to say thank you. On behalf of those guys, I want you to know that we covet your prayers and appreciate your support. Thanks again for listening to Benson and those guys. Title sponsor of Benson and those guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Serving Rochester for over 25 years, Town & Country Pest Solutions team of knowledgeable professionals can make your pest problem a thing of the past. Alligators, ants, bedbugs, snakes, yellow jackets, Town & Country Pest Solutions does it all. Take back your home and put your mind at ease. Call Town & Country today at 426-5024. That's 426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing. Nothing but God. The American dream is of a better future, a confident retirement. Those dreams have taken a beating lately. As an Ameriprise financial advisor, Nathan R. Wegman is dedicated to helping you keep your dreams alive by listening, planning, working with you one-on-one so you can retire your way with confidence. Call Nathan R. Wegman, financial advisor today at 585-272-0080. Office is located at 2024 West Henrietta Road, Building 3E, Rochester, New York, 140. Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Ameriprise Financial cannot guarantee future financial results.
You're invited to join Benson this November in the Dominican Republic as part of SCORE International's annual baseball outreach. Your life will be impacted as you help with daily baseball clinics and share the love of Jesus Christ, as well as delivering humanitarian assistance to the needful people of the Dominican Republic. This five-day missions trip includes morning and evening worship services, testimonies from professional ball players, and your choice of daily afternoon ministry opportunities in addition to the morning clinics. The trip departs from Rochester on Sunday, November 9th and returns Thursday, November 13th. Cost is $595 plus airfare, so you can expect the total cost to be around $1,200. The price includes meals, lodging, ground transportation, and airport transfers. Past trips have featured participation from such men as New York Yankee greats Mariano Rivera and Andy Pettit, former NL Rookie of the Year Chris Coughlin, Lou Pinella, Ian Kennedy, Gary Carter, Brett Butler, and many others. Former Atlanta Braves outfielder Otis Nixon is planning to be part of this year's trip. If you're a baseball fan who has wanted to experience the impact of a short-term missions trip, you won't want to miss this one. Contact Benson through our website, www www.btgprogram.com for more information. And now, a fantasy moment with Darren's wife. It's about football! Welcome back to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. It is football season is upon us. It is time to put together your fantasy football teams, and Darren and Zach, who play a ton of fans, probably Dan, too. No, I don't. I don't don't play fantasy (laughs) football, but I know those guys do. And Darren's wife is a fan of football, apparently, from what Darren <laughs> says. And he, she is totally. going to help him put together his, this team for the season. We're going to kind of keep track here how her team does. So, Darren, you're putting your team together right now. Bring your wife on the phone and let's see how you do. All right, hon. I have, uh, I have Jimmy Graham in, in a league this year. It's PPR. And, you know, what? call me crazy, but I just don't like what I'm seeing from him so far this uh, preseason. I think he's going to decline. So... I'm thinking about dropping him and picking up Tony Gonzalez. Do you think I should hold on to Jimmy Graham or keep or, or, or go after Tony Gonzalez? Um. Okay. Well, I don't know who Tony Gonzalez is, so I guess I wouldn't pick him. Oh, she made the uh, she made the right right choice there. It's a very good job. Well done. All right, and with Josh Gordon's suspension being upheld, in your expert opinion. Should people try to replace his production with someone like Marcel Darius, Odell Beckham, or Calvin Johnson? Oh. Um, Maybe you want to give her those names again. Okay, Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson, huh? Why? Why? Can you expand on that? I don't know. He just he sounds like he would be a good pick. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they play the same position. Maybe? Or, or they do. What are you telling me? You're the expert here. This is why we're calling Okay. You. He sounds like he might play the same position, so I'll pick him. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much for your expert uh, opinions. You got one of the two correct, because no way is anyone getting Calvin Johnson. But uh, you did better than we all thought you would, and uh, and we'll pick this up in another week or two. Thank you very well, much. Well, this is why we have her coming on, because she picked Jimmy Grant. She picked well, Calvin Johnson. She's going to score you some points here this week. Well, well she- not this week, but getting them on your team when the season starts, you're going to score some points. That that is true, but no way is anyone giving up Calvin Johnson. So I'm I'm not giving her points for that one. Well, you have to. I'm not. You doing can't. It. She she made the right pick. You can't penalize her by saying, Benson "Oh no, you can't have fantasy it." Football. Well, isn't the point for me to pick the best guy? Yeah, she said, "Pick him because he plays the same position," and that is correct. <laughs> Just, does he play the same position? He, he, he does. does. I'm actually surprised you got that right. <laughs> Darren's just upset because you know more about football than he does. <laughs> I was really hoping you'd get those it's wrong. A gift. <laughs> no. 
Very well. Mandy, thanks for being a good sport. Thanks for coming on. Uh, <laughs> Thank and we'll, you so we'll talk much. to you again next week. A fantasy moment with Darren's wife. Darren, that is what marriage is all about, having your wife on the air and hoping she gets your questions wrong. And that she gets them right. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of angry right now. We've talked about this for two weeks, Dan, a couple of weeks. You know we've been talking about this. Should we do this? Should we not do this? And Darren's like, oh, yeah, my wife, she doesn't know anything. It'll be funny. Uh, let's do it. She, okay. she blew you out of the water, bro. Yeah, she beat you, bro. Just to give you an example of... No, we don't need an example. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys, <laughs> brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions on ESPN Rochester. The American dream is of a better future, a confident retirement. Those dreams have taken a beating lately. As an Ameriprise financial advisor, Nathan R. Wegman is dedicated to helping you keep your dreams alive by listening, planning, working with you one-on-one so you can retire your way with confidence. Call Nathan R. Wegman. Financial advisor today at 585 272 0080. Office is located at 2024 West Henrietta Road, Building 3E, Rochester, New York 14623. Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Ameriprise Financial cannot guarantee future financial results. Title sponsor of Benson and Those Guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Serving Rochester for over 25 years, Town & Country Pest Solutions team of knowledgeable professionals can make your pest problem a thing of the past. Alligators, ants, bedbugs, snakes, yellow jackets, Town & Country Pest Solutions does it all. Take back your home and put your mind at ease. Call Town & Country today at 426-5024. That's 426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing. But God. Looking for custom-made apparel for your team, your family, or your business? Look no further than Match Play Custom Apparel. Great design, great selection, great prices. You can order online, call, email, or stop in. It's at 439 Central Avenue in Rochester. Match Play Custom Apparel. You can visit them online at matchplaycustomapparel.com. Matchplaycustomapparel.com. Any design, any team, any logo, they'll do it. Matchplaycustomapparel.com. Welcome back to Benson and Those Guys here on ESPN Rochester. Welcome back to Benson and Those Guys brought to you by Town and Country Pet Solutions. www.btgprogram.com or follow us on Twitter at BTG Program. Guys, there are three sports magazines that I regularly receive i get espn the magazine i get sports illustrated and i get my personal favorite sports spectrum in fact i think like sports spectrum is really almost required reading for the christian sports fan and joining us now is the managing editor of sports spectrum magazine brett honeycutt brett thanks for coming on the show great job with the magazine how long have you been at sports spectrum um since 2008 uh Came over from a daily newspaper, the Charlotte Observer, and uh, just uh, started uh, in June, I believe, of 2008. Well, I want you to know every time that magazine shows up in my mailbox, it's like Christmas morning for me. I really, and I'm not just trying to say that to you. I get excited to get it. I think it's a great read. I understand this is the uh, 30th year for the magazine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, started in 1985 as. Um, it's been through several different name changes, Sports Focus, um, New Focus, and Second Look, and uh, settled on the name Sports Spectrum in 1990. Actually, it was the last issue of 1990, I believe. And 
Brent Jones, who's the San Francisco 49ers, played in several Super Bowls with them uh, on the line. He uh, he was the cover of that issue, and I, I got it uh, when I was growing up and um, had a subscription to it. And so it's kind of neat that I was able to, you know, assume the role of managing editor years later um, in my my late 30s and now in my early 40s. In your years with the magazine, do you have a favorite moment, a favorite article, or a favorite piece that you've done, something you've accomplished there? You know, um, I wrote, I actually wrote for them and um, did a story on Dale Jarrett, um, Ned Jarrett, who's a NASCAR longtime announcer and, and, and racer, and then Dale Jarrett was uh, a NASCAR driver at the time and went to his shop around Hickory and, and talked to him, and so that was you know definitely a memorable one, and there was a guy named Chocolate Chocolate Myers who was a gas man, I think, for Dale Earnhardt's crew, and a really solid believer had come from a lot of you know just bad stuff in his life, and had come to Christ. And uh, you know he was a kind of an interesting guy. And uh, I just remember those two stories. Those are the very first two stories I did in the '90s. And again, I just I was a freelancer then, and I was still working at the paper. And and then you know, fourteen or, or ten years later, I guess it was almost ten years later, uh, or maybe thirteen or fourteen years later, because that was in the mid '90s, I think. I came on as a managing editor. So um, you know, and then we've had just some stories recently when I've since I've been there, and one kind of stands out. I, I use this quote a lot. Brad Lidge, I think your your listeners would know. Brad Lidge was mm-hmm. a great reliever and uh, played for the Phillies that year, and they won the uh, World Series uh, recently, and. That year, he did not lose, uh, or he did not blow a save. I think he was 40 for 40 or 41 for 41 in the regular season, and 6 for 6 or 7 for 7 in the postseason. The only save that, I mean, he actually did blow a save that year, and that was the all-star game, I think. And that cost him the home field advantage, but the, he, he was perfect in the postseason. He had a perfect year, and so we did a story on the following year. And that same year, um, it was either that issue or another issue, we did a story on Tampa Bay Ray, you know, who the Philadelphia Phillies beat. And it was really neat because um, I can't remember who the guy was that did it, but so we did a story on Lidge, and he talked about how you know God had been moving in his life, and he'd been so many ups and downs in sports, ups and downs in life, and you know, what did he want to do after you know baseball was over, and just kind of an interesting guy. But I'll tell you that story because that was a story I was really interested in, but um, and it was a great story. But the story on the Tampa Bay Ray guy, he said, and again I can't remember who it was, but he said. You know, we, I was wanting to win the World Series because I wanted to tell everybody, you know, about Jesus. I wanted to tell everybody about God. I wanted to tell everybody the difference that He made in my life. <laughs> and then He said, "We lost." He's like, "So, you know, I was thinking, well, what happened, God? You know, I was praying to you, and I was wanting to win, and I was going to give you glory." And then He heard um, some people on the Phillies, Brad Lidge, one of them, uh, talking about the Lord and talking about the difference that He made in their lives and how, you know where he was in their life on on uh, as far as in their whole life is where they were where he where where sports was in their life and where God was in their life and how important it was that God was in their life and they knew Christ and he said okay that's okay you know because God you got the glory even though we didn't win and that's what matters and so he he could accept the loss then and I just thought and it's not a verbatim quote but that's the point of his quote and I just thought what a great way to look at things yeah what a great humble outlook on things you wrote a great piece this month for uh, the current issue using Antoine Turner and the NCAA's decision to allow Boise State to help with his living accommodations, and you yeah. equated that to the believer's obligation to be charitable in a Christ-like manner. How do you come about this as a subject matter? What what drew you to that story? 
Uh, I think what draws me to that story is, and I, I do not know why, but for a long time I have, I just, we live in America, and it's one of the most, God has blessed this country, one of the most prosperous uh, countries. Even our poor people are richer than most of the poor people in the world. And, you know, I know everything's relative. You know, we only know what we know here. You know, when we go visit other countries, I've been I've been to a lot of, a lot of different countries and a lot of poor countries on mission trips. And um, the homeless have always, I don't know why, they've always pricked my heart when I see them. I, I work downtown at the paper. Um, you know, they'd ask me for money, and I'd go buy them food, and, you know, or sometimes I'd give them money, and... And sometimes I'd go sit in the restaurants with them while they ate because they were filthy and they didn't feel comfortable sitting in the restaurant. And I told them I'd sit with them. And I'm not saying that to my own horn. I'm just telling you, you know, this is where it pricks me. I just don't see why there are any homeless people in America, and I don't get it. And I do understand there's some mental illness um, associated with that sometimes, but not all the time. And it just, it burdens me. And And when I heard about that story and I heard, Man, any decent human being would go to bat for that guy. And if the NCAA would stand in their way, which they didn't, to their credit, if any, if the NCAA would have stood in their way, that would be one rule that I would not care about breaking. Of course, I wouldn't want to get school in trouble if I was an alum. But, you know, fortunately, the NCAA did the right thing and allowed Boise State to help them. And, and Boise State wanted to help them. And I thought, what a great testimony. And, and who knows if, if, if you know, somebody at the NCAA or somebody at Boise State is, is a believer or not. I don't know that. But it was a great example of how we as believers should should reach out to people. I mean, this guy did not have a place to live. And even with the government, um, uh, even when he was trying to live with his girlfriend's family and his relatives, because of certain guidelines, he, was, he couldn't even live there once they found out. And so, you know, sometimes, you know, we do not think logically or we don't we think about rules before we think about helping somebody and we really just need to think about helping people and it shows Christ it shows his love as I laid out there in scripture um, that we should definitely help those people in need so amen hey and you interview a lot of professional athletes you have a lot of articles in your magazine in fact you had one Again, in the current issue, a great piece on uh, Jets receiver David Nelson. And, but you talked to uh, Shelly Ann uh, Fraser-Price, track star, mm-hmm. and yeah. her struggle, mm-hmm. struggle to have an effective Christian walk amid such busyness and distractions. Do you see that as a common thread in, with professional athletes and their struggles with the faith? Or do you see other things as a common thread with professional athletes? Yeah, I, th- I think so, because you know, they have... You know, people like to think they have everything, you know, or, you know, people in general who are not athletes or not professional athletes, they like to look at the professional athlete and say they don't have problems because they have money. But I think they would tell you that money makes their problems or gives them more problems because of the temptations, um, not just, you know, that you hear about, you know, philandering or anything like that or being able to, you know, get anything because they just want it. But complacency, I mean, complacency in their life, complacency in their um, in training. I mean, you see that often with guys who sign million-dollar contracts, and then they have a terrible year and or multiple terrible years because they're satisfied with the money that they got. Or, as far as a Christian athlete, complacency in their walk with Christ. Because a lot of times, you know, in, in general, if we have things, 
those things end up taking the place of Christ, as opposed to being Christ all we need, we say, okay, well, Christ is, we need Christ, but we also need this, 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 and this. When we know that all we need is Christ, and those other things, they're nice, but they never, they can never replace Christ. I mean, you can find tons of rich people who are depressed and who are, um, who are angry or bitter or whatever, so obviously money doesn't solve everybody's problems, and, and being a great athlete doesn't solve everybody's problems, just like Shelly Ann Fraser-Price says. I mean, and she's making good money for a track athlete, but you know, with traveling all around, with the busyness of her sport, and with training, and, and being secluded sometimes, because, you know, there's not like, it's not like a football team where you have 50-something people, I and mean, she's training with a few people, and maybe those people are Christians, and maybe they're not, but just not having that, you know, person always in their lives, but she, you know, had a church, and she had a pastor that built into her life, and friends that built into her life. Um, maybe from afar, but maybe if they weren't with her. So she she understood at some point that she needed that, and so she was willing to go the extra mile, no pun intended, uh, go the extra mile to make sure that those people were in her life long distance, even if she had to call them on the phone. So I just, you know, you do see that a lot in athletes, but, um, you know, to her credit, she saw it, and she did something about it. Brett, I want to thank you for coming on. I'm getting uh, pointed at by our producer. We're running out of time. I want to bring you on. I got so much more I want to ask you about. I want to ask you how you first came to Christ, but uh, yeah. I'm going to have to bring you back on in, in the next couple of weeks. I hope you'll come back on with us. Thank you again yeah, for absolutely. joining us. I love your magazine, and I want to recommend it to all the listeners. Thanks again for joining us, Brett. Okay. Thank you for having me. You're listening to Benson and those guys on ESPN Rochester. We're just going to go ahead and close out the show here uh, with our Pest of the Week. I'm going to give you mine. My Pest of the Week, as brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, is the schedule maker for the American Hockey League. The American Hockey League, the two oldest teams in the AHL, the Amherst and the Hershey Bears, will not play each other. In fact, the Rochester Americans will play 25 of 38 of their home games in the first three months, which will make a very difficult stretch for our Rochester Americans. And even though they won't play the Hershey Bears this year, they also won't play the Charlotte Checkers. This will be the fourth year in the league for the Checkers, and they've never played the Amherst. The AHL schedule maker is my Pest of the Week. My Pest of the Week is also hockey-related, so Darren will probably love this. It's the NHL. If the rumors are true, 34 teams is too many. I don't like the expansion. My pest of the week is my wife, Mandy, for the fantasy football segment. <laughs> and all the practice questions I asked her all week, she crashed and burned fantastically. Then we get on the radio and boom, she's suddenly a fantasy football guru. The questions are going to be a lot harder next week. Mandy, pest of the week. Thank you for joining us at the 10 o'clock hour on Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. You can follow us on Twitter at BTG Program. Hit us up on our website, btgprogram.com. See you next week, 10 a.m. Benson and those guys, ESPN, Rochester.